is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here on this Thursday here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Another day in the sports world with your boy Trey Larkins on the Worldwide Sports Network on the Wise Guys Sports Show. I'm excited to be talking all the latest in sports news. But tonight, it is another NFL segment on Wise Guys. All NFL tonight on the show. We're going to talk about NFL week two. I'm going to give my wise picks for week two. We got some big time matchups this weekend. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and the New Orleans Saints in the Big Easy. NFC South battle on Sunday. Also on Sunday, we got an NFC North battle between Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers. At Lambeau Field, Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. I will be in the building at Lambeau Field on Sunday night for that matchup. And then Monday night, we got great matchups between the Vikings and the Eagles. Kirk Cousins versus Jalen Hurts. I'm excited about it. I am disappointed because we're not going to get Joe Burrow versus Dak Prescott because of Dak Prescott's thumb injury. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, but it's a possibility that maybe Dak Prescott returns in week six. I just got a notification to my phone that it, it's a great chance that maybe Dak Prescott can return to the field in week six. I know my Green Bay Packers will be waiting for Dak Prescott. I think it's week 10 when the Cowboys come to Lambeau to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but we in week two and we got Bengals, Cowboys. I got a lot of family and friends that's going out to Dallas for that matchup this weekend in Dallas. So Bengals in Jerry world. I'm excited about it. Can't wait to see it. Except I don't want to see Cooper rush, but we'll see what happens in that game. It's a must win game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals did lose in their week one opener to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also on this show, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, the contract that they offered him. It came out last week before the Baltimore Ravens took on the New York Jets. The reports about the contract that the Baltimore Ravens offered Lamar Jackson, the details of that contract and so forth. Also, we're going to talk about, you know, my expectations, you know, for the Baltimore Ravens this season with Lamar Jackson playing in the final year of his deal. But we begin the show in the AFC West as we got a big time matchup tonight between the L.A. Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to take place tonight in Kansas City as the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert, who are 1-0 on the season, will be taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who are also 1-0 on the season. It's a big-time matchup in the AFC West. It's early in the football season, but this game – could have major, major playoff implications as the season goes along. It's an 8.15 Eastern Standard Time start. I'm going to try to be off here before the game starts. I'm a little late tonight, you know, on the show, but I'm going to try to get off here tonight so I can be able to check out this big-time matchup. Chiefs are favorite by four points in this game. The over-under is 54.5. Keenan Allen has been ruled out in this game, so he will not play. He's, he's dealing with a hamstring injury right now. MRI did not reveal any major damage, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Coming into this matchup, both teams had impressive wins in their first games. For the Kansas City Chiefs, they beat down the Arizona Cardinals Sunday in Arizona, 44-21. to In that game, Patrick Mahomes, he was sensational. He had five touchdowns. Zero interceptions. He threw for 360 passing yards. He went 30 of 39. He 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 was outstanding in this game. And it didn't seem like the Kansas City Chiefs missed Tyreek Hill at all in their week one beatdown that took place over the Arizona Cardinals. And for the LA Chargers, they beat the LA, the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to 19. In that game, Justin Herbert 
He went 26 of 34. He threw for 279 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a very, very efficient game for Justin Herbert. The only bad news for the Chargers was they lost Keenan Allen to a hamstring injury. But besides that, they were impressive. They also had five sacks in their opener against the Ravens. I mean, against the Raiders. So that was impressive as well. I mean, you brought in, you know, Khalil Mack in free agency. So they, they brought in Khalil Mack, and, and, and that's a major, major move for the L.A. Chargers. And I thought Khalil Mack, the Mack daddy himself, had an instant impact on that L.A. Chargers defense. You saw Derwin James, you know, flying around, making plays for that Chargers defense. And I like the way that Chargers defense started out the season. I mean, defensively, it's going to be important for the Chargers to be able to get key stops at key moments during football games because they got an elite offense led by Justin Herbert, got running back Austin Nekalar, you got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams at receiver, you got DeAndre Carter as well. They got elite weapons offensively, so I think their offense will be an elite offense this season. It's going to be up to that Chargers defense to be able to get key stops at key moments. And even if they have a team that gets, you know, inside the 20, be able to hold teams to field goals. That will be a recipe for success for this Chargers defense. For the, the LA Chargers, going to be important for them to be able to get key stops. Renato Hill, that's the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. They're going to have to get key stops. And I think defensively, you got Khalil Mack, you got Derwin James, you got Samuel, you got Kenneth Murray as well on your on your defensive side of the ball. And again, they don't have to be an elite defense, but they got to be a defense that can bend but not break. Even if you give up yards in between the 20s, once teams get into the red zone, if you can get key stops, it will help your team be able to win football games because you know Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense is good for at least 21 points per game. They're good for 21 points. That's how elite they are. So I think it's going to be key for their defense to, to, to step up, be elite the best way they can. And you still got Joey Bosa as well, who is a great pass rusher in the NFL. So tonight going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, that Chargers defense got to show up. If Khalil Mack can apply pressure on Patrick Mahomes and have two or three sacks in this game, I believe the L.A. Chargers could pull off the upset in Kansas City tonight. But it's going to be key for that defense. They got they got to get key stops at key moments. For the Kansas City Chiefs, this is going to be a different test for their defense going up against the Chargers offense because last week going up against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, the Chiefs didn't have much of a challenge defensively. I, I, they really didn't have much of a challenge defensively because they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, talking about the Arizona Cardinals right now. Kyler Murray is a fringe top 10 quarterback, but I look at that. Arizona Cardinals team, they got A.J. Green, but they don't no longer have Edmonds on their team. He was the running back in their backfield in previous years. So I think they got Connor as their running back, but that Arizona Cardinals offense is not as elite as this L.A. Chargers offense is. So this is going to be a different challenge for that Chiefs defense, you know, in this matchup tonight. Justin Herbert got so many weapons to distribute the football to. And so it's going to be key for defensive coordinator Steve Bagnola to make sure that the Chiefs defense is going to be ready for this matchup tonight. And Chris Jones, the interior tackle on that defense for the Chiefs, he got to be able to apply some pressure on Justin Herbert. Got to be able to apply some pressure. They did lose Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew in free agency. We got to see what this Chiefs defense is made of. Just like the Chargers defense you know, is expected to be an average defense and not and bend but not break. That's the same with the Kansas City Chiefs. You got to be able to make plays and be able to get the ball back for Patrick Mahomes to have more opportunities to score touchdowns. You don't have to be an elite defense, but you have to bend but not break and be able to stand firm in the red zone when opposing teams get inside the 20. But defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, you still got Chris Jones, you got Legereus Sneed, and in their defensive backfield, they did lose to Tavarius Ward to the San Francisco 49ers, but, you know, in the game against the Arizona Cardinals, they got some, some, some nice help with their 
defensive line, being able to, you know, get three sacks in that game. You, you, you also still got Frank Clark, who's a great pass rusher as well. So I want to see which defense is going to be able to impose their will tonight in this AFC West battle. Because we know the Chargers and Chiefs both have elite offenses, but it's going to be on the defenses and it's going to be key on who can actually step up to win this game. Which defense can I depend on tonight as I watch this game to see who's going to come out on top? For Justin Herbert, him going into Kansas City without Keenan Allen, it's going to hurt the Chargers tonight. I think it, I think it will impact the Chargers' ability to, to score a lot of points in this game. But again, they still got Austin Nicolari. They still got Mike Williams. You still got DeAndre Carter as well. So, like, without Keenan Allen, who's one of the best receivers that we have in the NFL, the Chargers offense will suffer, but they're not going to suffer to the point where they won't be able to score any points. I still think this is an elite offense. I still think they're an elite offense. But, again, they're going to have to do it by committee tonight without Keenan Allen. And I think one of the keys is going to be their tight end, Gerald Everett, if he can help Justin Herbert in the passing game and be a reliable target for Herbert, that will help this Chargers offense be able to move the ball in the absence of Keenan Allen. That's going to be very, very key tonight. Everybody, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys know sports. Tonight, for me, an X factor in this game is going to be Austin Eckelar. I think Austin Eckelar could have a major, major impact on this game and whether or not the L.A. Chargers can steal a game on the road. It's going to be key. Last year, Austin Eckelar, he had 911 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, 70 receptions in the passing game for the Chargers, 206 rushing attempts. So, you know, he didn't even get over 1,000 yards last year, but the Chargers offense, the way their team is built, the strength of their team is in their passing game. It's not in their running game with Austin Nicolar. And I think Austin Nicolar is a dynamic back. But the weapons that Justin Herbert has to distribute the football to, that is the strength of their team. And I think their passing game is the, the strength of their team and how they're going to be able to have success this year. Austin Nicolar can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think tonight he's going to be key because if he can catch the ball out of the backfield, he will create mismatches for the, for those Chiefs linebackers. And I think that's something that Justin Herbert can exploit in the passing game for this Chargers offense. So I think an X factor in this game tonight is going to be Austin Eckelar. So I, I want to see what he can do tonight for the, for, the, for the LA Chargers. Now, when it comes to my prediction for this game, I'm going to roll with the LA Chargers to beat the Kansas City Chiefs tonight in Kansas City. I picked the Chargers to win the AFC West. I also have the Chiefs as a playoff team as well. But I'm going to roll with the Chargers to beat the Chiefs tonight in Kansas City, 34-27. That's what I got. Chargers, 34, Chiefs, 27. I think Justin Herbert will outduo Patrick Mahomes tonight. In Kansas City, I think the Chargers pull off the upset, and I think this game will be a stepping stone for the Chargers to be dominant in this division this season. Yes, I'm saying I think the Chargers will win the AFC West, and I think it will start with tonight's game in Kansas City. This will be a statement win for Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have been the Kings of the AFC West the last few years. But tonight, I think it will be a changing of the guard. And I think the Chargers will win in an upset over the Chiefs. Chargers 34, Chiefs 27. And this game is going to have major playoff implications. Major, major playoff implications. This, this could be a game that we look back on in week 15, week 16, and say, that game on that Thursday night was a key turning point 
in the season that helped the LA Chargers be able to win the AFC West. So that's going to be key. It's going to be key tonight. AFC West, you got the Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, all these teams who are worthy of being in the NFL playoffs in the AFC. If they can pull off a win tonight, it will be a step in the right direction for the for the LA Chargers to be able to 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 win the you know win the AFC West. Everybody going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram with these guys. No sports. Call into the show 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. Who will win tonight's game? Justin Herbert. Or Patrick Mahomes, who you got? Let's transition to the Dallas Cowboys as Dak Prescott will not go on IR. He's targeting a return within four weeks. Jerry Jones recently told 105.3 The Fan. It's the sports talk radio show in Dallas. So Jerry Jones is expecting Dak Prescott to possibly return within the next four weeks. Again, earlier, I got a report about how the Cowboys may be able to get back Dak Prescott in week six. That's a possibility. It, it could happen. He has an outside chance to return from a thumb injury from his thumb injury versus the Philadelphia Eagles in week six. This was reported by NFL Networks and Rappaport. So we'll see what happens. Now, everyone's talking about whether or not the Dallas Cowboys can still win the NFC East without having Dak Prescott for a few weeks. And let me be the first to let everyone know that the Dallas Cowboys season is officially over. It's officially over. The Dallas Cowboys coming into the season had issues. I had my questions about this Dallas Cowboys team prior to the season and i said that if the cowboys did make the postseason that it's a great chance that Dak prescott would have to have an mvp caliber season he's going to have to carry this dallas cowboys team in order for the cowboys to be a playoff team in the nfc because i don't believe that the cowboys as currently constructed, have a playoff caliber roster. I love their defense with Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. Offensively, you still got C.D. Lamb, but we don't know if C.D. Lamb can be a number one receiver on your team. You traded Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns. You let go of Cedric Wilson in free agency. He signed with the Miami Dolphins. James Washington injured his foot in training camp. You lost Tyron Smith as well in training camp. So that offensive line has some issues. And then Dak Prescott injures his thumb in the Sunday night matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before that, the Dallas Cowboys only had scored three points. They only had three points on the board. So again, before the season, I had my doubts about the Dallas Cowboys. And I said that they were not a playoff team in the NFC. I picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East. And I said the Dallas Cowboys will struggle this year. On top of that, last year, the Dallas Cowboys were the most penalized team in the NFL. They had the most penalties last year in the NFL. But last year, they had more of an margin for error than this year they don't have as much of a margin for error this season like they had last season last season they still had a bunch of talent on this dallas cowboys team still had lyle collins up front on that offensive line with tyron smith so i thought last year that dallas cowboys team from a talent perspective had more of a margin for error than they do this year this year the margin for error is slim and now you lose your starting quarterback, who's arguably a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, in Dak Prescott in week one, and your offense was already struggling to begin with. Not to mention, Ezekiel Elliott is a shell of himself. 
he's not the same Ezekiel Elliott this year as he was back in 2018. Ezekiel Elliott is past his prime as a running back. We've seen the decline in Ezekiel Elliott over the last four seasons. And over the last four seasons, Ezekiel Elliott's carries have decreased year after year. 2018, Ezekiel Elliott, he had 304 carries. 2019, he had 301. 2020, he had 244 carries. 2021, he had 237. So Ezekiel Elliott's carries have decreased over the last four years. So he's not the same running back that he was in 2018 or 2017. Tony Pollard is not a true number one running back. He's a nice number two running back, but he's not a number one running back. So I got my questions about this Dallas Cowboys team. Oh, and by the way, I don't believe that Mike McCarthy is the right coach for this Dallas Cowboys team to be not only a Super Bowl contender, but a playoff contender. They've had clock management issues with Mike McCarthy and penalties and stuff like that. So I got my, I have my questions about the Dallas Cowboys coming into the season. You add Dak Prescott being injured on top of that. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys can win the NFC East. And I don't believe the Dallas Cowboys are a playoff team in the NFC overall. Now you look at the Dallas Cowboys next five games. Sunday, they're home against the Bengals. That's a loss against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Week three, they're at the Giants. That's a game they could win, but it's a toss-up because they don't have Dak Prescott. Week four, home against the Commanders. Toss-up because they don't have Dak Prescott. Week five, they play the Rams in L.A. That's a loss. Not even going to spend too much time on that game. And then week six, they're at Philly without Dak Prescott. That's a loss as well. Now, again, reports are out that it's a possibility that maybe Dak Prescott returns back to the field in week six against the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe. But even if Dak Prescott plays in week six, Cowboys won't beat the Eagles in Philly at Lincoln Financial Field. It will not happen. So I I look at this Cowboys team right now. I think the only way that the Cowboys find a way to still stay competitive, not even not even necessarily a team that can win the NFC East. I'm just talking about staying competitive. The only way the Dallas Cowboys can stay competitive is if they get on the phone and they make a trade for Tyler Huntley. That's the backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Because right now, with the way this team is constructed, their backup quarterback in Cooper Rush He's not going to be able to get it done. Now, I know last year, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush had one great game against the Minnesota Vikings. He had 422 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 105.1 quarterback rating. He was outstanding in that game. But a dead clock is right twice a day. So I don't believe Cooper Rush is the caliber of quarterback that could lead the Dallas Cowboys to, uh, let's just say Dak Prescott misses six games and he does return, you know, around week seven or week eight. Let's say he misses six or seven games. With Cooper Rush, the Cowboys will be lucky to go three and four. They'll be lucky to go three and four because I see them going without Dak Prescott. If he misses seven games, I see the Cowboys going two and five. Maybe they could beat the Giants in week three. They might beat the Commanders in week four, but that's it. They'll lose to the Bengals. They'll lose to the Rams. They'll lose to the Eagles. So they, I, 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 with Cooper Rush, I don't believe they'll even be competitive. I don't think they'll be competitive. You bring in Tyler Huntley, you got a chance to save your season. Tyler Huntley last year, statistically, his numbers weren't great, but we saw his ceiling, if he gets an opportunity to lead a team. He had three touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,081 passing yards. So his numbers weren't impressive. But I liked his ability to make plays in the open field as a mobile quarterback. Huntley last year, he had 294 rushing yards, two touchdowns on 47 carries for the Baltimore Ravens. I think 
that Tyler Huntley is a quarterback that a team that's trying to stay competitive for a playoff spot should trade for. And that's the situation that the Dallas Cowboys are in right now. If you want to save your season, trade for Tyler Huntley. Don't trade for Jimmy G. Don't I said, and I've been on record that I don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback right now in the NFL. I think he's a backup. And I already said previously that the Cleveland Browns should keep Jacoby Brissett and not make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because I don't believe that Jimmy G significantly makes your team better than Jacoby Brissett. Just like I don't think that Jimmy G would be able to make this Dallas Cowboys team any better than Cooper Rush. Oh, Trey, you're disrespecting Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been to NFC championships in a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo got to those NFC championship games and the Super Bowl because of the San Francisco 49ers team. They got a complete team out there in San Francisco. Got one of the best tight ends in the NFL in George Kittle, one of the best receivers in the NFL in Devo Samuel, one of the best coaches in the NFL in Kyle Shanahan, who's a terrific play caller. And defensively, they got Fred Warner, they got Nick Bosa, and you got Arik Armstead up front as well. That San Francisco 49ers team is a complete football team. They were winning games and going on deep playoff runs because of the team, not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, I think it's important for the Cowboys, if they want to be contenders in the NFC and just stay competitive, forget winning the division, staying competitive, you get on the phone with the Baltimore Ravens and you try to trade for Tyler Huntley. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram with these guys. No sports. Come to the show. 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. Give me your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys. Do you believe that the Cowboys can stay competitive in the absence of Dak Prescott? And did you have the Cowboys as a playoff team before the season even started? Let's transition and let's go to Baltimore and let's talk about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. As these reports came out Sunday prior to the games starting in week one, ESPN, Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter, they reported that Lamar Jackson turned down a five-year deal worth over $250 million, $133 million guaranteed in that deal. Dak Prescott turned that down. So I want to read the tweet from Chris Mortensen on the Lamar Jackson situation. This is Chris Mortensen. He said, sources, Lamar Jackson rejected a Ravens six-year contract offer with $133 million in guaranteed money at signing which is more than Russell Wilson, who got $124 million from the Broncos, and Kyler Murray, who got $103.3 million from the Cardinals, but well short of the $230 million fully guaranteed deal that Deshaun Watson got. I'm going to read that again. Sources. Lamar Jackson rejected a Ravens six-year contract offer with $133 million fully guaranteed at signing, which is more than Russell Wilson, who got $124 million, and Kyler Murray, who got $103.3 million, but well short of the $230 million fully guaranteed deal that Deshaun Watson got. And this was Lamar Jackson recently on his contract status. He said, I'm done talking about it. That was Lamar Jackson on his contract status right now with the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is in the final season of a rookie contract. He's making $23.1 million this year. So, Everyone on social media and NFL analysts were talking about whether or not Lamar Jackson should have signed the new deal offered by the Ravens. And the answer to this question is an emphatic, hell no. Lamar Jackson should not have signed this deal offered by the Baltimore Ravens for multiple reasons. Number one, Lamar Jackson should not sign for anything less than what Deshaun Watson signed for with the Cleveland Browns. When the Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, one of the main reasons why Deshaun Watson decided to go and play with the Cleveland Browns was because the Cleveland Browns offered 
Deshaun Watson, a 230 fully guaranteed contract, $230 million guaranteed. That's why Deshaun Watson decided that he wants to be a Cleveland Brown. And if I'm Lamar Jackson and I'm looking at the situation in Cleveland involving Deshaun Watson, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking to myself, I deserve to be paid more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. And the reason why is, number one, Lamar Jackson has never gotten into any off-the-field situations. He's, his name has never been brought up in any scrutiny, in any type of situation since he's been a Baltimore Raven. Never got into any legal trouble or anything. That's the number one thing. Because one of the main reasons why you see these organizations giving out this money to these quarterbacks the way that they are is because they trust that particular quarterback to be a leader in the locker room, on the field, but also be a model citizen of society off the field and away from the facility. you got to be trustworthy if you want to be able to receive millions of dollars that's guaranteed from these organizations in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson has been more trustworthy than Deshaun Watson has. And I, I, I know that everyone has their own opinion about the Deshaun Watson situation. But no matter how you feel about the Deshaun Watson situation, it's undeniable that Deshaun Watson put himself in a position to be scrutinized and to, to, to have to deal with off-the-field accusations dealing with those masseuse that he was dealing with. So he put himself in that situation. Lamar Jackson has been a model of consistency since he's been the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. He's never put himself in a position to have to be in a situation where he's dealing with legal issues off the field. So that's the number one reason why the Baltimore Ravens should give Lamar Jackson a guaranteed contract that's worth more than the $230 million that Deshaun Watson got from the Browns because he's trustworthy. But he also, when it, when it comes to this situation, another reason why I feel like Lamar Jackson should not have signed this deal offered by the Ravens, and also I don't think Lamar Jackson should, have, should even be playing right now. I've been on record saying that. And the reason why is football is a physical sport. Unlike basketball or baseball, one hit, and your career could be over. One hit and your career could be over. So because he doesn't currently have an extension from the Baltimore Ravens, I think that Lamar Jackson is taking a big, big risk right now playing this season. And given the way that he plays and how his play style is, it's very, very, very risky for him to be on the field for the Baltimore Ravens without having a contract extension. I think it's risky. And we know these owners are looking for reasons to be able to not give you what you're worth as a franchise quarterback. They're trying to find reasons to not pay these young franchise quarterbacks the money that they deserve. They're looking for every reason under the sun. So I think because the sport is a physical sport and it's dangerous, I don't believe Lamar Jackson should have played in week one against the Jets. I think that he made a mistake, but he played. Also, because it goes hand in hand, another reason why I don't believe Lamar Jackson should have signed the new deal offered by the Ravens and why I don't believe Lamar Jackson should have played at all this season until he got a new contract extension is because you already dealt with an injury last year. Lamar Jackson missed four games last season and he's had various injuries throughout the early part of his career that he's dealt with. Last year, he dealt with an ankle injury. So it's not like Lamar Jackson is dealing with a finger injury or a shoulder injury. No, he's dealing with ankle injuries and lower body injuries that could really, really hurt your career overall 
if he has a significant injury on his on, in his on his lower leg on his lower legs. Like if he has a lower leg injury, it could really really impact Lamar Jackson's ability to play at an elite level and be the caliber of quarterback that we've loved since he's been in the NFL. So I think again, he's already dealing with a lot of injuries, mainly lower body injuries. So you don't want to suffer a lower body injury again this season. Lord and Lord forbid it's something serious. And the Baltimore Ravens try and low ball Lamar Jackson in contract negotiations in the offseason. You don't want that to happen. So I think Lamar Jackson is making a mistake by even playing right now. You look at Lamar Jackson since he's been in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, his career record is 37 and 12. For his career, he got 84 touchdowns, 31 interceptions, 9,967 passing yards and as a mobile quarterback this is where he's dangerous he got 615 carries 3,673 rushing yards 21 rushing touchdowns for his career that was coming into the season he won nfl mvp back in 2019 he's completed 64 percent of his passes in his career that was coming into the season so Lamar Jackson has proven himself to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Outside of Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Josh Allen maybe, I think you can make an argument for Lamar Jackson being right there in that quarterback conversation. And you might can even make the argument that Lamar Jackson is better than Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson is not playing with a receiver the likes of a Stephon Diggs. That's also been my issue with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens since he's been in Baltimore. The Ravens have not given Lamar Jackson a true number one receiver. They haven't done it. So I think they have, in a way, taken Lamar Jackson for granted by not giving him a true number one receiver. So, again, I know he's in the final season of, a, of his rookie contract. He's going to make $23.1 million this year. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not going to play another snap for the Baltimore Ravens until I get a new contract extension. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys. No sports. Let's get to our NFL Week 2 Wise Picks of the Week. NFL Week 2 is upon us. I'm excited about it. Got some big-time matchups starting with tonight in the AFC West. Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I know that crowd in Kansas City is going to be rocking. Excited about that game. Earlier, I already mentioned that the Chargers will beat the Chiefs 34-27. to So I got the Chargers tonight against the Chiefs. But let's start off with the Sunday games. Panthers are at Giants. Giants are favored by two and a half points. It's a one o'clock start in New York. The over-under for this game is 43 and a half. I'm going to take the Panthers to win this game in New York. I think that right now, Baker Mayfield is a little bit better than Daniel Jones is. I still don't believe in Daniel Jones. The Giants did have an impressive week one win over the Tennessee Titans, but I don't believe in the Giants. I think the Giants are going to lose in week two. I think the Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm going to roll with Baker Mayfield over Daniel Jones, 17 to 14. Matt Jones versus Mitchell Trubisky, two of the more mediocre quarterbacks that we have in the NFL. Patriots are favorite, minus two and a half at the Steelers. One o'clock start Sunday in Pittsburgh. Over under for this game is 40 and a half. I'm going to roll with the Patriots to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Both of these teams had disappointing performances in week one. I don't think either one of these teams are playoff teams because I don't believe in Mac Jones or Mitchell Trubisky. I do love Mike Tomlin and obviously Bill Belichick, the greatest NFL coach of all time, but 
I think this game is going to be a defensive type of game. I don't think the offense is going to put up many points. So I'm going to roll with the Patriots to beat the Steelers. I'll go 20-17. to 17. It'll be a close game, but I'm going to roll with the Patriots to outlast the Steelers 20-17 to 17 in Pittsburgh. New York Jets at Cleveland Browns. Jets are plus six in this game, so the Browns are favored by six points. It's a one o'clock start in Cleveland. Over under for this game is 40. Jets lost to the Baltimore Ravens in week one. I don't think the Jets are a good football team. So I think they're going to lose this game to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns had an impressive comeback against the Carolina Panthers in week one. And I already said that I believe the Cleveland Browns in their first six games will go at least four and two. This is one of the games that I said the Browns would for sure win over the Jets. I'll say 24-17. So I think it'll be close. 24-17 Browns over the Jets. Commanders at Lions. Lions are favored by two points in this game. One o'clock start in Detroit. Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. Over under in this game is 48 and a half. I'm going to roll with the Lions to beat the Commanders in Detroit, and it's going to be high scoring. I'm rolling with the Lions to beat the Commanders 31-24. Last week, I was impressed with the Detroit Lions. They were getting blown out against the Philadelphia Eagles, and they did not quit. They kept fighting in that game, and the Eagles end up beating the Lions 38-35. And I think a lot of Detroit Lions games this year are going to go like their week one game win against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're going to be in a lot of games this year. I was wrong about the Detroit Lions. I admit, when I did my NFC North predictions, I don't think I even discussed the Detroit Lions because I don't believe in the Lions. And I don't think they're a playoff team, but I do think they are a team that can be on the lookout for an upset, depending on who they're playing on that particular week. I'm going to pick the Lions to beat the Commanders 31-24 in Detroit. So I'm rolling with the Lions to win that game. Colts, three and a half point favorites at Jaguars. It's going to be in Jacksonville. So one o'clock start over under for this game, 47. Colts had a disappointing week one against the Houston Texans. I had the Colts picked when I did my Wise picks for week one, and I picked them big. And boy, was I wrong. They 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 wet the bed against the Texans last week. But I think the Colts will have a bounce-back performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have a great sophomore season. But I think he's going to struggle in this game. I'm going to roll with the Colts to beat the Jaguars. I'll go Colts 23, Jags 13. Moving on to the next game in my Wise picks. It's the Atlanta Falcons traveling to the West Coast to take on Matthew Stafford in the L.A. Rams. The Rams are favored by minus 10.5 in this game. It's a 4.05 p.m. start in L.A. The over-under for this game is 47.5. Rams had a disappointing week one performance against the Buffalo Bills. They got blown off the field in the opener in the kickoff. I think the Rams have a bounce-back performance and they win big Sunday in L.A. I don't think the Rams are going to lose twice in a row to start the season. I don't believe in Marcus Mariota. I think Matthew Stafford will have a bounce-back performance as well. I'm rolling with the Rams to beat the Falcons. I'll go Rams 27, Falcons 10. NFC West battle in the Bay, the Seattle Seahawks are traveling to the, to the Bay to take on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are favored by 9.5 points. It's a 4.05 p.m. start over under for this game. It's 41.5. 49ers lost last week to the Bears. They had a letdown in the second half of that game. I, I don't think they're going to have back-to-back games where they have a letdown. I think the 49ers are going to take care of business against the Seattle Seahawks. I still believe the Seahawks are one of the worst teams that we have in pro football. I just think that the Seahawks, they were excited 
as a team and they rolled the energy in Seattle from that fan base in that stadium the other night against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I don't think Seattle was very good. And I think the 49ers are going to prove why they are a legit playoff team in the NFC. I'm rolling with the 49ers big over the Seahawks. I roll with the 49ers. We'll go 24 to 7. I think Geno's going to struggle against that 49ers defense. Texans at Broncos. Broncos are favored by 10.5 points, 425 p.m. start in Denver. Over under for this game is 45. I don't think Russell Wilson will lose two games in a row to start the season. I think Nathaniel Hackett will learn from his clock management issues that happened in week one against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm rolling with the Denver Broncos to beat the Houston Texans 27-17. to Cardinals at Raiders. Raiders are favored by minus five and a half in Las Vegas. It's a 425 p.m. start in Las Vegas. Over under is 51 and a half. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be that good this year. And I think the Cardinals not having DeAndre Hopkins is going to hurt them in these first six games of the season while he's suspended. I think they're going to struggle in this game. And I think Chandler Jones will make some plays defensively for the Raiders. And I think the Raiders will get their first win of the season in Las Vegas. I'm going to roll with the Raiders to put up some points on Sunday. I'll go Raiders 34, Cardinals 17. NFC South showdown in the Big Easy. It's the Bucks who are minus three in this game against the Saints. It's a one o'clock start on Sunday. The over-under for this game is 44 and a half. This will be my upset. New Orleans Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in New Orleans 27-24. This is my upset pick of the week. I think the Saints have Tom Brady's number. I think the Saints' defense, led by linebacker Demario Davis, and in the back end you got Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore. And up front, you got Cameron Jordan. I think they are going to make it tough on Tom Brady and that Bucks offense. Bucks lost Chris Godwin in week one. Chris Godwin is out with a hamstring injury. So I think the Bucks are going to struggle in, in, in this game. I don't believe that the Bucks played well in week one. I know they beat the Dallas Cowboys, but that's how awful the Dallas Cowboys are. The Bucs, they didn't impress me in week one. They didn't. I think the Saints take care of business in the Big Easy. Saints 27, Bucks 24. Tua versus Lamar. The Miami Dolphins are traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by three and a half points in this game. It's a one o'clock start in Baltimore. The over-under for this game is 44 and a half. I don't think this is a major upset, but I've been talking about the Baltimore Ravens and how I believe that this team is a team that struggles sometimes to get into a rhythm offensively. I know they got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is big time, but they don't have a true number one receiver. It took them a while to pull away from the New York Jets. They blew out the Jets, but it took them a while. I think the Dolphins are a playoff team in the AFC. I think Tua is going to have a good game because he has two dynamic receivers in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I'm rolling with the Miami Dolphins to beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. I'll go Dolphins 21, Ravens 20. It will be close. But I think the Dolphins are going to to slightly beat the Baltimore Ravens. Dolphins 21, Ravens 20. Bengals are traveling to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. Bengals are fresh off a loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. Bengals are favored by eight points in this game. It's a 425 start. The over-under for this game was 41 and a half. When the schedule initially came out, 
I was excited about this matchup. I wanted to see Joe Burrow versus Dak Prescott. Unfortunately, we're going to get Joe Burrow versus Cooper Rush, which means advantage Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to win big on Sunday. I think the Cowboys will keep it close, but I think the Bengals are going to win decisively. Let's, let's put it that way. I got Bengals 27, Cowboys 13. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think the Bengals are going to win by two touchdowns. In the NFL, if you win by two touchdowns or more, that's a blowout. But, you know, in the NFL, I mean, it's a passing league. Two touchdowns is not that much. But I think Bengals are going to be fresh off that loss from last week against the Steelers. Joe Burrow will have a bounce-back performance. You're not going to see Burrow turn the ball over six times like he did in week one. So I think Burrow is going to have a bounce-back performance. I expect Jamar Chase to win his matchup against Trayvon Diggs. And I think that Bengals offensive line will do better against that Cowboys front seven. So I think the Bengals are going to win this game in Dallas. I got a lot of family and friends are going to be traveling to this game out there in Dallas. So I got Bengals 27, Cowboys 13. Now, NFC North battle. Bears at Packers. The Packers are favored by nine and a half points. It's an 820 start on NBC. The Sunday night football matchup. The over-under for this game is 42 and a half. I will be in attendance at this game at Lambeau. I'm so excited to be traveling to Green Bay to watch the oldest rivalry in the NFL, even though the, the Packers dominate the Bears. And we've dominated the Bears since Brett Favre was a starting quarterback in 1992. And if and it and it's transitioned from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, like he told Bears fans last year at Soldier Field, I own you. I'll be at this game, and I'm going to witness the Packers own the Chicago Bears at Lambeau. I'm rolling with the Green Bay Packers to have a bounce-back performance and beat the Chicago Bears. I'll go Packers 24, Bears 14. I think the Packers cover the spread. Packers 24, Bears 14. I think the Packers offense gets back on the right track. And I believe that the young receivers like Christian Watson, like Romeo Dobbs, I think they have decent games. I think the Packers are going to be great with their rushing attack with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. The weather is going to be a factor in this game because it's supposed to rain, unfortunately. And I think if it's going to rain, I think you have to lean on your dynamic duo at running back with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I think they're going to have big nights. But again, I think Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs will, you know, have a few receptions from Aaron Rodgers in this game. And I think they're going to, to, to perform well against the, the, the Bears. I don't think the Bears are a good football team. I think they lucked up beating the 49ers last week. But uh, I think I think it's going to be Packers 24 Bears 14. Y'all know I'm excited about that game because I'll be in attendance for that game at Lambeau. You see it here. Got my cheese head on. I'll be there at Green Bay, man. I, I, I can't wait for it. Go, pack, go. Let me go ahead and, and, and play some of my Lil Wayne green and yellow. Yelling, go, pack, go. We're yelling, go, pack, go. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. This ain't no diss song. We just love our team. Love my team with the big cheese on the helmet. So, yeah, I'll be at that game. I'm excited for that. Let's talk about the Monday night matchups. We got a double header on Monday night football. We got the Tennessee Titans traveling to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by nine and a half points in this game. The over-under for this game is 48. Bills are a much better football team right now than they were last year. I think the Bills are a much more balanced football team than the Tennessee Titans are. 
I'm going to roll with Josh Allen to beat Ryan Tannehill 34-20. to 20. Titans had a very, very disappointing performance last week against the New York Giants. I saw it coming because I said, I don't believe in the Titans this year. I don't think the Titans are a playoff team in the AFC. And I don't think that the Titans are going to win the AFC South. I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills take care of business. I expect Stephon Diggs to have a big-time performance in this game. I got Bills 34, Titans 20. Vikings at Eagles. Eagles are favored by two points in this game. The over-under for this game is 50.5. Kirk Cousins versus Jalen Hurts. I love it. I really, really do. But in this game, I'm going to roll with the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Minnesota Vikings at Lincoln Financial Field on Monday night. I roll with the Eagles to beat the Vikings 24-21. It's going to be a close game. It really, really is. I think it's going to be a, a great matchup between two playoff caliber teams. But I think Jalen Hurts will out-duo Kirk Cousins, and I think the Eagles are going to make a statement in this game. This is a statement game for the Philadelphia Eagles. You want to prove to everyone in the NFC that you are legit contenders, not only in the NFC East, because we know the NFC East is the worst division in the NFL, but if you want to prove that you're a legit contender in the NFC overall, if the Eagles can beat the Vikings with that high-powered offense, with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook in the backfield, this will go a long way for the Philadelphia Eagles. This will go a long way for the Eagles. I really, really like the Eagles team. I like Jalen Hurts. Last week, Jalen Hurts, I thought, was impressive for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Detroit Lions. Jalen Hurts last week, he went 18 of 32, 243 pass yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he also didn't turn the ball over either. So that's something that the Eagles can build on. They can, they can build on that. Now, Jalen Hurts did have 17 carries for 90 rushing yards. He had one rushing touchdown. In that game, though, Mouse Sanders, he was the key in the running game for the Eagles. He almost had 100 yards rushing. He had 96 yards, 13 carries, one touchdown. So I think I expect the Eagles to beat the Vikings 24-21 at Lincoln Financial Field on Monday Night Football. It's going to be a great, great NFL week two. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about football being back. But everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Oh, by the way, before we get out of here, because this is something that's important too. It was announced earlier today that we are going to get what we all been waiting for. Boxing fans. We have all been waiting for an announcement on Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford, a fight to take place in the ring. And earlier today, we got the announcement that the fight is scheduled for November the 19th in Las Vegas. So let's go ahead and give a round of applause to the camps of Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. We finally, as boxing fans, get what we all have been waiting for for years. Earl Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford in Las Vegas, November the 19th. They still got some a few details that they got to figure out, but the date has been announced, and I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for this fight. The same way I was excited for the Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fight, even though it took years to happen. I'm excited for the Spence Crawford fight as well. So I had, I had to throw that out there before we get out of here tonight. Excited about that. Some great college football games are going to be on on Saturday in college football. UC in Miami. UC is favored by 22.5. So they, they favor about 22 points in this game. Crazy. Go over some of these key matchups in college. Over the weekend, Penn State at Auburn. You also got Ohio State taking on Toledo. Ohio State should take care of business in that game. They're favored by 32 points in that game. You got Texas taking on UTSA. Texas is fresh off that loss to Alabama last week. 
Utah at San Diego State. Utah lost to Florida in, in the opening opener, but they lost. And they, but they did, did win last week and got back on track. So some nice big time matchups in college football for the weekend. It's gonna be a great weekend of football. Everybody gonna follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'm Trey Larkins on the Wise Guys Sports Show on the Worldwide Sports Network. Signing off. Everyone have a great, great weekend. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.